Before I even start, I just want to um, thank, you know, um, Pastor Joe. First, God, because it's not easy coming up here. Pastor doesn't give up his pulpit just like that. You know, and it's an honor. It's been over two years since I came up here. You know, the Bible talks about a prophet. They call him the crying prophet, Jeremiah. So I think he was a, maybe my great-grandfather or great-great-great-grandfather. Or I come from that line because I'm from the same way. I can't help but get emotional when I read the word of God. So if every now and then I pause, it's because it's so powerful. But I got an easy uh, verse to uh you know, preach about. Pastor said to talk about how to pray. And the verses that he just read or the verses that we just read, you know, before I even get into how Jesus talked about how to pray, he tells us how not to pray. Amen? He says that, that he gives an example not to be like the hypocrites. Amen? Meaning that we shouldn't go out just so people could hear our praying, to hear our just rambling on, amen, to hear how righteous and how holy we are because in reality we are not. You know, the only reason that we are holy and righteous is because of Jesus. The Bible tells us that, that Jesus is the righteousness of God, amen. And I wanted to give a couple examples of that. In Luke 18, God gives us an example of what it looks like by telling a story of, of a, two men, a Pharisee and a tax collector. And it doesn't matter what they did or what they were doing, but... The thing is, the motivation and how they pray. The, the, the publican or the Pharisee was all about him, about his, how, how religious he was, how much he knew about scripture, you know, how much he knew about the Lord and, and things of that nature. And, and the tax collector was a humble man. And even back then, tax collectors were looked at like thieves, like the IRS now, right? You know, so it doesn't matter. The thing is, it was the condition of their heart. One thought that... that um comes to mind is that a lot of times you see you see the uh, Reverend Wonderfuls and in, in the TV preachers and they think they're all that in a bag of chips and they're really not. You know what I'm saying? The thing is that we need to come to the Lord humble. The thing I like, us, the, the reason that I said that it was easy about preaching about prayer is because this is a praying church. I see how everybody prays. I see how Pastor um, Dylan prays, how Pastor Joe prays, how before we get and do anything we're praying. How on Thursdays I started coming to what Pastor calls the shepherd's table and we pray. And no matter if you get to know Pastor Joe and I just gotten to know him as time goes on, he's always going to pray with you when you meet him. You know, and I praise God for that. You know, I just also want us to remember that our righteousness, our righteousness, or we are made right in the sight of God, one, because of God, we are holy or we are set apart because of Jesus. Bottom line, a lot of times people pray and they want to, they start talking, they start telling their business. This is a young church, so it's a little bit easy. But as time goes on, you'll hear people praying. And let's say for an example, I have something against another brother in prayer. I'm praying against this brother. Well, I'll start telling my story about my business. It's not about that. It's not about rambling on. If you don't take anything else from what the Lord has given me to, to bring to you about this scripture is that the issue, and I heard this, I didn't coin this phrase, I heard a pastor on the radio talking about that the issue of the heart is the heart of the issue. It's all about our heart, whether we work for the Lord, whether we tithe for the Lord, whatever we do, we have to do it as if we're doing it unto the Lord, amen? 
You know, because when we do stuff so people can see us, our reward is in that. Our reward is, we already got a reward because people are seeing, you know, and none of us, none of us are all that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Another thing I wanted to share before I keep going, um, it is not easy standing here. I don't know, I, I give my hats off to Dylan and pastors and all pastors because to stand here as much, as long as I've been saved, and it doesn't matter how long you've been saved, if you've been saved for a little bit or for a long, God doesn't make acceptor of persons. But it's not an easy thing to come here. You know, your knees, your knees knock. I'm glad that um, pulpits are here, that they put up here. A lot of people say they made, kind of like to put the books, and I think that they made so people won't see you shake and you can hold on to it when you feel like buckling on your knees, you know, because it's not an easy thing to preach the word of God. You know what I mean? You can know the enemy, Satan knows the word of God back and forth. You know, we can't stand up here all pompous, you know, saying I know this and I know that, and I, I'd rather know, live one verse than know a hundred verse and not, and not walk by it. Amen? Um, so you, excuse me that I look down. I'm trying to learn as... I get as, as, uh, as um, gifted as uh, Pastor Joe and, and Pastor Dylan. You know, um, I look down. I like looking up at people, but I have to also look down because for those of you that gotten to know me, and I think Pastor and my wife, I'll talk to you to death, all right? And I'll talk, and I talk like a tree. I'll start talking in one subject, and I'll branch up to all these other different subjects. And next thing you know, and, and, uh, and if... As, and that's the truth. And I got a witness there, right? You know, she got to bring me back. So as you get to know me, you say, wait a minute, we're talking about five issues. You know, but you'll follow me after a while. You'll be able to follow me after a while. But there are many things that could hinder our prayers. Amen. There are many things that could hinder our, our prayers. And trust me, I know that firsthand. And it wasn't until I allowed the Lord to deal with the issues in my life that he dealt with them. When I took him, when Rob, Rob, Robert, this man you see here, will mess up anything. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen. So, but again, there's so many things that, that could hinder our prayers. And there's so many things that we can talk about how to pray. But I want to talk about a little bit about, again, Jesus, before he even taught us the model prayer of the Lord's prayer. He told us what not to do. One, not to be a hypocrite. Two, it's not all about us. It's all about him. Amen. And, and, the, and, the, and the bottom line is that that is, is the, our heart condition, how we come to him humbly. We can come to him boldly. He is our father. We know that. We know that there's no more sacrifices in the temple. The veil was torn so we can go into the holy of holies. Amen. That we can come boldly to the Lord. Amen. We can do that. No more rituals, none, none of that. And he wants to answer our prayers, but he also wants to spend time with us. Amen. Remember that sometimes it takes years for God to answer a prayer. When he promised Abraham that he was going to have a son, I don't know exactly how long, but I think it was like 25 years that he had to wait before the son was born. When they came out of, when they came out of the desert after 40, 40 years being in the desert, and he had sent 10 spies to spy in the land, and only two, two agreed to go in and conquer these giants the same way that we got to conquer these giants, amen, in our lives. But we do it through prayer. Amen? We do it through prayer. So Caleb was promised a mountain, was promised a certain amount of land. And I think he had to wait 27 years. We got to remember that when we pray, 
God does not answer our prayers like that. It's not like McDonald's, Burger King, driving window, put in your order. The next day, he has it. You have it. You just drive up, and you have it. Sometimes you have to wait years. And, and, and I'm telling you, there's some prayers that God has answered in my life right away, and there's prayers that I'm still waiting for him to answer. There's been years. And remember, he lives in eternity. We don't. Time was made for us. So this scripture that says, for God, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years a day. So while we're waiting for an answer, it might take a lifetime. It might take a lifetime. Imagine waiting. Imagine God promising you something like he did Abraham, promising you an heir, and you're about 100 years old. You're dried up. You're, you're dried up. Your wife is dried up. You're saying, how is God going to do this? Okay? But the mistake that they did, that they tried to help the Lord. Try, don't try to help the Lord. He doesn't need our help. He doesn't really need our help. And then they messed it up, and that's the problem that we have down in the Middle East now. But that's another, that's another message for another day. But he waited 25 years, and, a lot, and you read it. The, the Bible is riddled of, of stories that how all of a sudden, and I want to tell you, when you're reading the scripture that says all of a sudden is never all of a sudden. If you really look at that and research that, time has gone in. In the upper room, they were there. For I don't know how long that a bunch of them... A lot of people gave up, and there was only 120, and the scripture says all of a sudden. So I guarantee you when all of a sudden happens, it's never really all of a sudden. It has happened in my life personally. You know, I've been years when I was, and I'm not going to get into my testimony. I spoke to about that a while back, but when I was drinking and drugging and doing all this and living in abandonments and doing all this kind of stuff, and I was crying out to the Lord, Lord, help me, Lord, help me, Lord, help me, but I was still going to... I was still going here and I was still going there drinking and drugging and doing whatever I was doing. But it wasn't until that day that I found myself broken. And I was already broken. I just didn't realize it. And I said, you know what? I surrender. I surrender to the Lord. I said, Lord, it's all about you. If your God changed my life. That was a humble prayer. There was nobody around me but the roaches in the house that I was living in. And that was for real, for real. You know, the roaches were about that big, like the ones they have in Puerto Rico that fly. The, and, and, and Pastor Joe was telling me about the, the roaches in Africa. They were like the size of birds or something, right? All right, so, and that was the truth. And one night I stood up because they were coming. They kept coming to where I was at. And I said, oh, my God, what am I going to do? You know, but I prayed to the Lord and he listened to me. And I just want to cover a couple of things about what could hinder our prayers. You know, what could hinder our prayers? Remember, prayer is just simply talking to the Lord the way you're talking to a friend. But we can't come to him half cock in any which way either. He is our friend, but he's also our father, amen? He's also our father. What are a couple of things that, that, that could hinder our prayers? Personal known sin in our lives that we don't want to do anything about. Well, God knows me. God loves me. I'm already saved. I already, I already accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I already got fire insurance. I'm not going to hell. You know, if that's our attitude, we need to be careful. You know, none of us are perfect. I sinned this morning. I sinned on the way coming here. You know how many of us sin during rush hour in the morning, in the afternoon, coming home? Amen. So we got to be careful. So personal known sin, I'm not going to get into these. I'm just going to throw, throw these out real quick. Is that personal known sins in our life, strained relationships between husband and wives. You know, the, the strained relationships, that's the biggest thing that the enemy wants to do is to destroy the marriages. He wants to destroy the head of the household. 
which is the men. He wants to destroy the head of the church, which is all our pastors. So we need to be praying for our pastors. You know, because when you knock pastors out, I don't know how much, what was to count the statistics last time I looked. I think 30 pastors a day give up their congregations. Especially here in the West, especially here in America. We got to pray for the churches here. But strained relationships, relationships between our husbands and wife, you know, regardless of your ministry, regardless of what you're doing, your family is your first ministry and your children. Amen. Unreconciled wrongs, dead or offenses between brothers and sisters. I heard of somebody wanting to come to a church and, and, and afraid of coming because they were afraid that a fight was going to start in that church. You know, you can't do that. We got to reconcile with each other. You can't have that. Unforgiveness or bitterness in, in, in your heart. And about a year ago, somebody told me that I was a bitter old man. And it hurt to hear that. But it was the truth. I didn't realize that. I let my anger in saying that I, I forgive you. I forgive you. 70 times 7, the Lord says. I got all, maybe like the publican, maybe like the Pharisee, a little bit. You know, I forgive you, but I really didn't forgive that person. I could deal with it. But it kept what it kept, what was happening, I never really let it go. The Bible said, don't let the sun go down in your anger. And I said, that's okay, I forgive, I forgive you. I forgive that person in my, in my, in my mind, but, it, but I didn't. Then years later, that same person called me a bitter old man, and I realized that, that, that what that person was saying there was truth. So if somebody has hurt you, forgive them. Pray for them. You know, it's easy to pray for maybe Pastor Joe. Everybody loves Pastor Joe and, and Dylan. But how about the person that has hurt you, the person that has wronged you? Amen. Is it easy to forgive them? No. I wasn't going to say this, but I had a boss over 20 years ago that I was praying for. She had a lot of money. My daughter had just gotten surgery in her back. And, um, and I went, we went through a lot. They split my daughter's back almost in half from the neck to the base of her. They collapsed her lung, and they took out a rib in order to get a tumor that was growing in her spinal cord. She made it so difficult for me of taking my daughter to therapy that I was ready to get fired when I worked in Superior Court. I started praying for her because the Bible says to pray for those that curse you. Amen? You know, so I started praying for her, and because she was rich, lives in Haddonfield, her husband is rich. Well, both of them are rich. They have a horse. They have a farm. They have all that. As I was praying for her, and I was saying, Lord, bless so-and-so and bless the, the marriage and bless their farm. And you know what? In reality, I want you to burn their farm and kill their horse Send them to the glue factory, you know, and have their dog get run over by a car. I got real with the Lord at that point, and then all of a sudden, something snapped, and I started crying. And then I really started praying for her for real, for real. And I asked God to forgive me for the attitude that I had in the manner that I was praying for her. But I didn't want to be fake, you know. I had to get real with the Lord. So be real with Him when you pray. If you're mad with somebody, if you're angry at somebody, you know, let the Lord know. Let the Lord know. I just wanted to say that, and it says neglect and indifference of the word of God. Sometimes we don't want to hear the word of God. You know, sometimes, like, we don't want to stop at the stop sign or at the red light at times when we're in a rush. But we have to obey that. Amen? We have to obey that. I just want to continue a little bit. In verse 6, we are instructed. I wanted to make something clear here because there's so much. That's one thing about the word of God. You can read one verse one day. And get something the next day, get something else. And each one of us could get up here 
and preach on this and preach and get something else. Because it's the living word of God is not like any other book out there. It never has an ending. You know, it's never have an ending. But I want us to continue. In verse 6, it says that we ought to go into our room and pray in secret. And it's a time for that. It's a time for that. That's because if you're praying, if you're praying with a hypocritical spirit and God is not really going to hear that prayer, it's not even going to pass the ceiling. It's not going to reach its throne. But I don't want us to get it twisted because there's some preachers say, not here, that, that they have no, there's no place for corporate prayer. So you see, so when you pray out in the open, they say, no, you got to pray in your prayer closet. The Bible says that you got to go into your prayer closet and God will open it. And I've seen this thrown to me plenty, plenty of times when, we wanna, when I, I wanted to start praying corporate prayer. They do it here all the time. These guys do it all the time. So that's good. It's not, it's not hard, but I'm just saying it for you guys because I want you guys to understand this. There is a place for, for, for us to pray in our prayer closet. I'm not going to get into this movie that I saw called The War Room. It is awesome. It is awesome. It reminded me of what I needed to do again in my life. But the Bible is full of examples of corporate prayer meetings and how we're supposed to pray together. I want to look real quickly at Acts 12. Um, Acts 12, I want to put this down for a minute. to the Lord. So if you want to yell hallelujah, santo, 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 which means holy, holy, holy in Spanish, I'm not speaking in tongues, okay? <laughs> santo, santo, santo is, is, and if the Lord moves you to do that, then as long as it's the Lord, uh, I, I believe that it's okay. We're not going to dig too deep into this, but I wanted to read something about um, corporate prayer, about us praying together. And because my vision is really bad, and I thought this light would have been better, and this, can somebody read that for me? Read it from here. That, no, but this is a different version. Read, read this one for me. Come on, stand up. Can't can she? Five. If I could have one of the pastors maybe do it. And, um, okay, five. Five to 17. So Peter was kept in the prison, but prayer, but prayer for him was being made Fervently by the church of God, by the church to God. And on the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, and a light shone in, into the cell. And he struck Peter's side and roused him, saying, Get up quickly. And his chains fell off of his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went, in, and he went out and continued to follow. And he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was, he thought he was seeing a vision. And then when he had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that led into the city, which opened for them by itself, and they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter came to himself, he said, 
Now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from his hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gate, a servant girl named Rhonda came to answer. And when she recognized Peter's voice, because of her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing in front of the gate. And they said to her, you are out of your mind, but she kept insisting that it was so. And so they kept saying, it, it, it is his angel. But when Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to, the, to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had led him out of the prison. And he said, report these things to James and the brethren, and, be de and be he departed and went to another place. Praise the Lord. That was a lot. Amen. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you very much. That was interesting. It was, it was um, funny. See, the Lord tells us to be ready in season and out of season, sweetie, so thank you for that. Amen. He was ready. So, you see, they were praying. Peter was in jail. He was in chains. And there were people gathered praying for him. And the funny thing about the reason I wanted to bring this is, is, is twofold. One, about the power of prayer. Not just one. I'm sure Peter was in there praying. As a man, he was there praying. He was concerned. But there was other groups of people praying for him also. Amen. And the funny thing is that a lot of times when God, we are praying, we're praying, we're praying for something, maybe days, weeks, months, or years. And then all of a sudden, the Lord answers our prayer. And we're surprised that he answered our prayer. That he comes and he knocks on somebody's door and they don't believe and they leave him outside. They didn't believe that he answered, that he answered their prayer. That it was Peter. And, you know, I don't know who the people were. Back then, of course, I wasn't there, neither of us. If I was, you guys need to be afraid because how would that make me now, right? But, um, you know, but what I wanted to share about this is that in verse 17, Peter tells them, it says, I wrote here, Peter tells them to tell James and the others, tell them about what God had done. And I don't know who they are, but I know who we are. I don't know half the majority of the people here, but we're getting to know each other. Amen. And what you see here is what you get. You know, but, you know, God, again, God wants to talk to us. He just, just doesn't want to answer our prayer. He's not a genie in a bottle that we ought to pray for him when we need him and then put the bottle up when we're done until we need him again. You know, God wants to, wants to establish a relationship with us. None of us, none of us, are, none of us are worthy. None of us are worthy, but we're only worthy because of Jesus. So not, don't be afraid of approaching you know, Jesus, don't be, don't be afraid of, he's our father, he's our friend. Amen? He's our father and he's our friend, even with strangers. And I'm almost done, but not so long ago, I wanted to make it a little bit personal. The other, a few days ago, I was going through something very seriously. And at the same time, Pastor Joe was, was texting, texting me. And um, he wound up coming to my house. And we went for a walk. He said, Robert, come on, let's go for a walk. So we went, we went for a walk. And when we stopped in our house, we started praying for a stranger. At least the person was a stranger for me. And I was encouraged by that. I was encouraged by praying um, for that and with that 
um, stranger in a corner. Now, this model prayer that God has given us to pray for, yes, we can go into the Holy of Holies. Yes, we can go boldly in front of the Lord. But again, he is not our homeboy. He's not our pana. Pana means piso in Spanish, okay? You know, he's not the man upstairs. You know, he is the king of kings, the lord of lords, our creator, our lord and master. You know, we, have, we can't approach him just any way. And remember, and, and in just in closing, and remember, I saw an acronym. I didn't make this up. And I'll touch it. If you Google it, you'll find it. And you're going to see that I didn't make it up. Just an acronym that I saw said ACTS. If you want to learn more about prayer, read the book of Acts. There's so many stories there, all over, the whole Bible for that matter. But it's an acronym called ACTS, and it stands for Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. If you remember that, you remember to approach the Lord with respect. You know what I'm saying? Not, not just like anywhere, you know, like, like just like anything. You won't go into a courtroom and act any which way we want when the judge is sitting on the bench or in a, or in a, or in a classroom. Amen. And act any which way you're going to go to the principal or whatever. So we got to approach him like that. You know, and I don't want to, please don't get me confused. I'm not trying to say that we got to go through all these rituals and we got to go through all that stuff just so we can phone home. Because again, prayer is just simply talking to the Lord. You know, as we grow in the Lord, we get to know how awesome God is. We realize, you know, we realize how awesome he is, but not just to go to him Put our request, God bless my four and no more. I also heard that somewhere else. I, I, I steal people's um, cliches and sayings. So if you hear something familiar, I must have gotten it from somebody else. And I remember doing that. I try to keep it so whereas, and I was going to set an alarm on my clock, where I could, uh, and I saw the pastor come up. Oh, he's right there. I see that. I didn't see it. See, I'm, I'll get to know that. They got a clock right there. All right, so that's okay. I like that. I need stuff like that, especially somebody like me. Amen. Praise the Lord. But I just want to say this. This is my last page. This is good because my font is about like a size 20. So it looks like I had 10 pages, but it's really like a page and a half. Praise God. So I just want to say a couple of things. I, let's take the time to turn off our TVs and video games. Amen. Oh, well, I know that hurt me too. I got my PlayStation 2 in an attic, and I'm really, I'm getting ready to give it away, so Dylan, if you need it, you know, um, for the kids, for the kids, you know, and I got a bunch of games and stuff like that, because I spent hours, I remember I spent hours to the point, and the old guy shouldn't be playing video games, because I was getting so, not because I'm old, because of anxiety, I was getting chest pains, man, trying to kill, you know, going to the next level. I was like, oh, oh, and I would spend hours there, and I said, no, I got to stop. So let's turn off the TVs and video games a little bit and spend a little bit of time with Jesus. Amen. Let's put down our cell phones, and instead of tweaking, tweeting, or tweet, tweeting and, and blogging or texting, let's do that with Jesus in prayer. Amen. And take a little bit of time off of Facebook and seek his face in his book. You know what I'm saying? He said, if you, if you will not... And that's a message for another day to be continued. You know, we have not because we ask not. And when we ask, we ask amiss. We ask selfishly. Somebody told me two weeks ago about the, an acronym about, and I love acronyms. And once you get to know me, you're going to know there's a lot of acronyms. You know, you can't tell. So this, another investigator in my job says joy. Joy means Jesus, others, and you. If we put Jesus and others first, we're going to have joy. 
So joy, Jesus, others, and you. And I think, you know, I thank God for that. So I would like us to be, let's be, and I'm trying to piggyback on the, the saying that they have here, the mission statement. I put, let us be the generation that will bring the vision of making disciples in Gloucester City and beyond by allowing God to transform us first. It starts with us. Revival starts with us first. America needs it. This church needs it. I know I need revival in my life. You know, but, and I was getting ready to give up. I didn't want to move to Gloucester City. I didn't even want to come to this church. But God had a, has another plan. And a lot of times when, when God is leading you to do something that you don't want, go that way. Because usually it's not what you want, it's what he wants. So let's lock shields together and join Pastor, you know, Pastors Dylan and, and, um, and, and uh, Pastor Joe. I was already going to call you Pastor John. And um, to what the Lord has commissioned them to you. Forgive um, anything that I may have said wrong. To God be the glory. This is all I have. God bless you. I love you. And Pastor Joe.